It's good to see everybody this morning. If you're watching online, we're glad to have you. I'm not sure if you saw just the baptism, but nobody baptizes like John Spurgeon. There's no question about that. There's immersion, and Spurgeon does more of a pressure wash. I mean, he comes really strong. So, yeah, but that was a great, great testimony. Man, I'm glad. I'm so glad you're here. We're finishing up. Next week will be our final week in the Ten Commandments series, and I I don't know about about you. Uh, I've gone over the Ten Commandments, kind of known, obviously known the Ten Commandments all of my life, but God's really spoken some things to me over the last couple months that I really needed to hear. And so I think today is another example of that because we're going to look at the Eighth Commandment today, and it's really short and, 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 and sweet, thou shalt not steal. So like, check, got that one. Like, no carjackings, no burglary, I sort of, sort of got that. I did take some towels from a Marriott about three years ago that I felt bad about until my buddy said, no, they build in the cost for those. You ever had anybody say that? Like you take something from a hotel and then there's got, no, they, they build in the cost for that. So I was trying to just kind of do away with my, my guilt a little bit. Uh, but today we're, we're going to talk and we're going to go just a little bit deeper into this, uh, this commandment because I think it, at first glance we could say, well... It's not really something that I'm involved in right now, but I think it is far deeper than that. And there is a chance today as we look at this, if you're like me, that you, you might experience maybe some, some guilt, because I, I know I have. And the, the purpose of this today is that we would find greater freedom, because that's really what these commandments are about. First of all, for the children of Israel, as they were leaving captivity out of Egypt and moving to a promised land, God was taking a free people and he was showing them how they could stay free as they continued to obey him. Of course, the, uh, they did not. And so as we, as we think about this, we're going to really see that the, the law will really reveal some blind spots in our life, and, and that's what the, the law, the commandments will do. And as we think about blind spots, we know everybody has them, but we, we usually think that other people have them, and, and it's kind of hard to see, see our own, but the law will, will show us these things, especially today as we take a look at this. And I, I want to ask you a question before I, I get going. Like if, if you knew, like if you knew you were involved in something right now in your life that was costing you a level of freedom, would you, would you really want to know about it? Like if you were involved, let me say it that way, if you were involved with something that was costing you a great deal of freedom in your life, would you want to know about it? For me, the answer is Yes. Like I would, and I think we'll see that today if we'll let the Holy Spirit really reveal that to us as we dig into the Word. Because we think about stealing on any level, it's just, it's just kind of foolish, just to be honest with you. It's kind of like a, a guy by the name of Jacob Wise, who's 18 years old, and um, he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Jacob went into a clothing store, and Jacob stole some, some clothes, and uh, he knew that uh, they had a security tag on the clothes, so he cut the security tag off because he knew if he walked out of the store with the security tag on the clothes that the alarm would go off. And so he cut the security tag off, but when he walked out of the store, the alarm still went off uh, because Jacob had taken the security tag and tags and placed them in his pocket. Like if you're going to, that's foolish, isn't it? Like if you're going to steal, you're going to have to be better than that. And, and we would look at that and just think that that's really foolish. Uh, there's another story, and I can't, can't make this up. This took place in Phoenix, Arizona, hometown of our executive pastor, Pastor Greg Freeman, hottest city in America. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true, just the hottest place I've ever been. There's a man that went into a Circle K, and when he went into the Circle K, he asked in Phoenix, Arizona, he asked, could you break this $20 bill? And so the clerk uh, opened up the, the cash register, and when the clerk opened up the cash register, the man uh, pulled a firearm and said, I want you to put everything in the cash register in this bag. He put the bag up on the, the counter, 
And the clerk did that, put everything in the cash register into the bag. Uh, the man grabbed the bag and went out and, and left. A few minutes later, he looked to see what his take was, and inside that bag was uh, just $15. $15 is all that was there. Now, this becomes a problem because he left the 20 back on the counter. So he went in and actually lost $5. So I don't think it was stealing at that point. It was an act of charity. But we would look at that and just say, man, that's just goofy. That's just foolish to, to do those kind of things. But what I really want us to see as we study this commandment, there's some things in perhaps in our life uh, that are equally foolish. We, we just don't don't talk about them very much or don't really look at it this way. And so that's what this commandment will do. We will also get in a little bit to the ninth commandment today. Uh, Thou shalt not lie or give false witness against a neighbor, but we'll spend some more time next week uh, on it as we close the series out. But I've entitled this message 21st Century Thieves because I think sometimes we would say, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of too advanced. We're sort of beyond, uh, you know, stealing. But I want us to see that there's a couple things that we do not know or do not realize, and that just causes us to continue uh, to take in a way that violates this command. So let's take a look at a couple of those. 21st century thieves really believe this, that God is blind. Now, I don't know about you. I did some research this week on the ring doorbell camera, and there are a lot of different types of that. That's uh, about one in every five uh, uh, Americans have one of these cameras on their home. I don't know if you guys have them. I was intrigued to see if the level of home burglaries had really dropped because of those, and it's kind of unclear if it has. I will say we have one of those, uh, and it's actually cost us more money than it has saved us. And you might say, well, why is that? Because um, my youngest son, who doesn't live at home any longer, who has moved out, um, he still has our camera synced up to his phone. So every time we leave the house, especially in the evening, because we're empty nesters now, and sometimes we'll sneak out and go get something to eat, and as we go out our side door, it picks us up on the camera, obviously alerts him on his phone, and he yells out, where are you guys going? So our camera's talking to us, and his mom says, we're going to get something to eat. The whole time I'm like, don't tell him. Don't tell him. She says, we're going to get something to eat. He asks where, where we're going, and if it's a restaurant he likes, then he's, he just magically appears there in a matter of minutes. So... I can't tell you how much the doorbell camera has cost me. It's been pretty expensive, to, to be honest. But the point is, a 21st century thief, anytime I take something, or to be honest, anytime that I, I sin and violate a command of God, it's because I really believe at some level God is blind. Let me say this, God is unseen, but he is not unseeing. Do you understand the difference? God is unseen, but he is not unseeing. In fact, listen to what the Scripture says in Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. That's just a real clear reminder, isn't it? Because sometimes when we walk in disobedience, we just live as though God is blind, and he certainly is not. Let's look at the second thing as we move on. I really want to dig down just a little bit deeper here. 21st century thieves believe this. They believe that what's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine. A 21st century thief would really believe what's mine is mine, and to a certain extent, what's yours is, is mine. But stealing is simply this. I mean, in, and in every civil, civilization, really from the beginning of, the, of time, there is a prohibition against stealing. I mean, nobody argues that stealing is wrong. Everybody, no matter what culture you're a part of, everybody would agree that stealing is wrong. No matter what religious system you're involved in, everyone would agree that stealing 
uh, is wrong, and stealing is simply this, taking what doesn't belong to you. Would everybody agree with that? That's just a, kind of a real simple working definition of what it means to steal, just to take something that doesn't belong to you. And so I saw the most, most common, the three most common items that are stolen in a home burglary, and these are not surprising. Number one would be cash. That just makes sense. Uh, number two would be prescription drugs, uh, and number three would be jewelry. I said, I got those confused in the first service. I said, prescription jewelry, and there were ladies like, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. So cash, prescription drugs, and, and jewelry. But here's what I want to do with that. Those three most common items stolen, stolen in, a, in a home burglary, and you say, well, what, what's the point? I think there are three areas that we probably violate this commandment, the eighth commandment, not to steal more than any other. And we're kind of blind to these, but it's still stealing nonetheless, and we just don't think about it because when we look at this eighth command, do not steal, or thou shalt not steal, we again just see the big things perhaps and, and miss so much that's there. Now, here's the three areas that I think, and you may disagree with these, but the three areas I think that we probably steal the most are relationally, professionally, and spiritually, right? Relationally, professionally, and spiritually. Let's dig into those uh, just a little bit. Like relational stealing is this. We still relationally, or I still relationally, when I take from someone what is not mine to take, right? So that's relational theft. Now, this really comes into play with the ninth commandment, right? Genesis, or excuse me, Exodus 20, verse 16 What's the ninth commandment? You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And next week we'll get into that a little bit more. We sort of summarize that commandment to say, well, the ninth commandment says I shouldn't lie. Well, the ninth commandment says much more than that, and the ninth commandment is intrinsically linked to the eighth, the eighth commandment, not to steal. And the ninth commandment fleshes it out. Really, one of the ways that we're not supposed to steal is we're not supposed to steal from another person and attack their character. Jen Wilkins says it this way, which is really brilliant in her book, The Ten. The ninth word, meaning the ninth commandment, not to bear a false witness. The ninth word builds on the eighth, presenting us with an additional angle to thievery. For certainly bearing false witness is identity theft. So what's the point? Every single time in my life... When I speak negatively about another person, when I'm running another person down, when I'm attacking another person's character to someone else, in fact, what I'm doing is I'm involved in identity theft. I'm really violating the Eighth Commandment. And again, the point of this message is to not to make us just feel so, so guilty about gossip and running another person down. Really, the point of this message is saying that there are things that are take, taking place in my life that we're, we're violating this commandment, and we don't even see it. We don't even realize it, and it is costing us more freedom than we would ever realize, right? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Listen, listen to this Proverbs. Listen to this proverb. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. That's a strong word. Haughty eyes, which is, which is pride. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Look at verse 19. And a false witness who pours out lies. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So that's something that I have missed in my life when I'm just prone to overlook the eighth commandment, thou shalt not steal. Check, I got that. And in fact, I don't. That I have been stealing relationally for years. 
Now, there are other ways that we can still relationally, and this is maybe going to be just a little uncomfortable, but I think it's a really important thing to think about. Because I want us just to press in here and realize that we're violating this commandment in ways that we just never realize. Like, relationally, when you take something that doesn't belong to you, and that's why, as Nick talked about last week with, with committing adultery, sexual sin in our culture today, if you're a young person and you're, and you're dating and, and you're with somebody sexually, you're taking something that doesn't belong to you. In fact, it's a gift that that person uh, has to give to their spouse for the rest of their life. And so that just really uh, brings into play a whole nother thought about relational theft. Like as we continue to think about dating in our culture, and we sort of prolong dating uh, in our culture today, and I'm not saying that that's all wrong, but here's what I'm saying. If you have no intention to committing to someone in marriage, but you just really kind of keep stringing them along relationally, here's what you're doing. You're taking some of the best years of that person's life. And I want want you to see that that can be relational theft. With people that we know, I'm talking about relational theft here still, people that we know and our family or closer friends or people that we work with or roommates or classmates or teammates are on down the line and we come at somebody just really hard with a strong response and we can be very harsh towards them and, and what we can do is we can steal some confidence from them in their life that can really affect them. And here's what I want us to see, that is relational theft. As a father, I have prioritized my work and my hobbies at times to the exclusion of my boys, which is relational theft. I was stealing time from them. Let's look at the second way. We not only can steal relationally. Do you understand what we're doing here? We're just quick to pass by this commandment and just say, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. When we stop and dig a little bit deeper, we see that it certainly does. has a ton of implications uh, in our life. We not only steal relationally, but we can steal professionally, right, in our professional life. Let's talk about this for, for just a second. What do I mean by that? Well, we steal professionally when we fail to give our best at work. That's where we're going to spend the bulk of our, our lives. And we fail to give our best at work. Really, that's professional theft. I read this this week. It was an interesting stat that the average small business owner, that each employee steals about $5,000 per year from their employer in this one way. By surfing the Internet when they should be accomplishing their work or their tasks. That's $5,000 a year. And so when we don't give our best in the workplace, it's professional theft. James chapter 4, verse 17, listen to this passage. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it for, for them, that's sin. That's what the Scripture says. Look at another verse that di- just digs in just even a little bit deeper. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9. One who is slack in his work is a brother to one who destroys, right? If I'm not really working hard, if I'm lazy, which Scripture has a ton to say about that, really that can just bring around about destruction in the workplace, and it's really professional theft, which we don't think about very much, Colossians 3.23. And you might say, why are you spending so much time talking about this one facet, like, like move on, it's not that big a deal. I think it's a big deal. Because I, I hear people talk, when are we going to see another great awakening? When are we going to see another great revival in our day? Do you know if we're going to see that, and I hope and pray that we will, it will come from the workplace. 
I think when we're really taking seriously our faith and the implications of our faith and taking it out and carrying it out every single day in the workplace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So this, this second way that we can really steal, we can steal relationally, we can steal professionally. And even if you're a student, like college students to my right, high school students to my left, it's your time. Are you ready? Because the last little bit, you said, well, I'm, I don't really have a career right now, so I'm glad you're talking to, to them, but you don't have anything for me. Now, let, let, let's talk about this for a little bit. And again, this is not to load you up with guilt and load you up with shame. It's just to say that if we confess this and repent of these things, then we can be freer than we've ever been, and that's what God wants for you. Like cheating in school. We think about it. It's a whole cottage industry today. I was looking at, and, and I was counting the number of apps that you can download on your phone. Some of you are like, don't say this. I don't want my parents to know about it. They already know. The number of apps on your phone that will do your homework for you, to take tests for you, right? So you guys, I mean, that's a real thing. Some of you are like, I, you know, I didn't know about that. Well, you're way late in the game. But it's just sort of this, accept, my point is, it's just this accepted practice in our culture today. But it's really, it is taking something that doesn't belong to us. Cheating is, is, is stealing, and ultimately it's a high cost towards us. Let's look at the third way just very, very quickly today. We can steal relationally. We, we can steal professionally or academically. But we can also steal spiritually. You say, what do you mean by that? I think we steal spiritually when we use our gifts that God has given us, because we believe this, every person that's been born again as a follower of Jesus Christ or have repented of sin and put faith and trust in Christ receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. And part of what the Holy Spirit does is gives you individual giftings in ministry. So we still spiritually, when we use our gifts that God has given us solely for our gain instead of for God's glory, right? The gifts and the abilities that God has given us, we just use them simply for us and to improve our standing or grow or accelerate our career. And we never use them for the Lord, then that's spiritually stealing. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, each one of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So there's just a lot of implications to this commandment, spiritual stealing. Let, let, let's look even a little bit greater and a little bit deeper, I would say. Malachi chapter 3, uh, verse 8 Listen to this dialogue that God is having through the prophet Malachi. He says, will a mere mortal rob God? What a fascinating question. Will a human being rob God? God's asking this question, yet you rob me. This is the Lord speaking. But you ask, how are we robbing you? I love that. God is anticipating the response. Isn't that fascinating? I think it's a great question. How am I robbing you, God? If I'm robbing you, why don't you let me in on it? And God says, okay, and tithes and offerings. Like the money that, that we have. Listen, we aren't owners. We believe this here at New Vision. There's always some pushback. I don't own anything. The Bible says I'm a steward of everything. God owns it all. And so as I think about my resources, my money, the first uh, of that goes to the Lord and our tithes and our offerings. Listen, listen to what the Scripture says. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. In other words, God said, I gave you this commandment to put me first in your financial life and let me provide for you, but you chose not to do that, so you stepped outside of my blessing. Right? I always get this, and every single time, and, and by the way, listen, I think it's, it's kind of interesting. We're talking about money, and that angers a lot of people. We haven't taken an offering here in two years. 
Somebody said, are we, Pastor Brady, we're going to take an offering in their Christmas Eve service. I'm not even sure if we know where our offering plates are. I don't, I don't know. But the amazing thing, amazing thing about it, this isn't, this isn't I'm, not, I'm not teaching on this because we, 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 we want to get a bigger, better offering. We're not, we're not taking an offering. You can put something in the black boxes on the way out. But here's the amazing thing about the church. I mean, our church has been fine financially because people understand this, people who are, who are born again or who love Jesus and are growing in their relationship with Jesus just understand this principle. They're stewards. They're not owners, and they're just obedient to that, and we've just seen that play out, and it's an amazing thing. But I just want you to see that the implications for you and your life any time that we're stealing from the Lord could be costing you way more than you ever thought. Look what the prophet Malachi says in verse 10. Bring, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. It's the only time in Scripture that God says test him in a certain area of our, of our life. Why is that? Because money is really the strongest idol in most of our lives. We look to it for security and for significance and for satisfaction. All of those things are things that God wants to provide us with. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, again, let's just make a comment about that. We don't give so we can get any teaching that's sort of related to that. Man, be very careful about that, right? There's this whole segment of Christianity just all about we give so we can get. No, that's not the point at all. We have received so much from the Lord, so we want to be, want to be generous, and then listen, look, look at verse 11. Listen to what the Lord will do to the obedient. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your field will, will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. There's so many ways that God said, I can provide for you and take care of you. And I've just seen this for the last 30 years. And listen, I know this is not a fun conversation, but we, don't, we say this all the time here at New Vision. I just mean it. We don't want anything from you. We want something for you. But so many times I've just seen people financially and working in counseling and meeting with them, and they've just said, you know what, Pastor Brady, we just can't seem to get ahead. Every single month there just seems to be something that we weren't planning on, and we just can't seem to get, to, to get ahead. And let me just tell you something. I, I think the reason why so many people who are followers of Jesus Christ, it's this one area of their life that in an attempt to get ahead financially have neglected, and the reverse is happening. You see that? I mean, I'm not a financial planner, right? But let me just be honest. I do know what the Word of God says. I think the best thing that anyone can do with their, for their finances is put God first in that area, right? To try to get ahead financially, and the first step you take is by neglecting God in that area. That doesn't make a lot of sense, and that's what the Scripture's saying. Look at verse 12. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. In other words, God said, would you just trust me in this, and I can out provide you, and the nations will see my provision for you and will want relationship with me. So 21st century thieves believe what? God's blind? Because they think because God's unseen that he's unseen. A 21st century thief believes what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Relationally, professionally, and spiritually. 21st century thief believes this, that there is a way to gain at another person's expense. 
And let me kind of push into that for a second. Like, we're prone to believe that there is victimless theft. Like, Pastor Brady, I, I, I get it. I understand what God is saying to the children of Israel not to steal. And like, yeah, I know, like, in, in, in the big stuff. But listen, some of the stuff you're talking about is a little bit ridiculous here. Because, you know, if, I've got, if, I'm, if I'm using my neighbor's Netflix subscription, that's not a big deal. It's not hurting anybody. Like, you see? And I don't really understand why this is such a problem. And so there's all kinds of things that whether it's on our taxes or with a, a fraudulent insurance, claim are on and on. We think that this is sort of a victimless theft. It's not hurting anybody. I just want to show you, I just want to show you from Scripture that every single time I take what is not mine and little or in small, there's always a greater cost than I'm ever realizing. In fact, if we just look at this foundationally from the Scripture, immediately after God gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments, He spent several chapters in Exodus chapter 21 through 23 showing them if they violated these commandments what the cost would be or the consequences would be, right? Look at Exodus 22 verse 1, talking about violating this Eighth Commandment to not steal Whoever steals an ox or a sheep and, and slaughters it and sells it must pay back five head of cattle. And somebody like... Not into livestock stealing. You know, that's kind of out. I don't do that. But the principle still remains here. For the ox and for sheep, for the sheep. And what's he saying? It will always cost you more. There's a consequence. There's no victimless theft in any way in my life. Look on down at verse 3, the second part of it. Anyone who steals must certainly make restitution. But if they have nothing, they must be sold to pay for their theft. That's debtor's prison. That was in this Old Testament Jewish practice. And so is that in play today? Well, not in the same way, but every single time I take what is not mine, then I just step further back into slavery and further away from the freedom that God would have for me to experience. Does that make sense? Every single time. That is, the, that is the context of the Ten Commandments. You've been free. God is letting them out of captivity in Egypt through a miraculous movement. He gives them the laws that they are to come under and obey so they could continue to walk in freedom, but they didn't do it. And so the cycle repeats itself. You see, ultimately, let's think about it. Anytime we steal, stealing is ultimately a lack of trust in the provision of God. Does that make sense? Every time I'm prone to steal, it's a lack of trust in the provision of God. Now, let me push into this one uh, concept or two concepts just really quickly. If you can hang with me, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Right, when we say, well, what I've done, like you, you just mentioned, Pastor Barry, I, I, I sort of giggled. You mentioned I'm using somebody's Netflix uh, subscription. Like, okay, that's not a big deal. That doesn't hurt anybody. Or like you laughed about the towels or cheating a little bit on our in, 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 uh, income tax or on and on. Listen, that, that just doesn't, that just, that's really not hurting anybody. Well, I just want to show you that that's not accurate. Every single time in my life when I take something that doesn't belong to me, small or great, it always breaks the heart of my God. Do you see that? Because I'm breaking this core commandment. And in fact, I want to try to use this illustration. I've used it all weekend. I don't know that it's really landed with anybody yet, but I don't know. Some of you work in a family business. If you work in a family business, think about it. Let's just pretend you work in a family business. And, and one day, you know, I mean, you're the, you're, you're the only child, so that, that family business is going to be, help me, yours, right? You wouldn't, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to steal from a family business because ultimately you'd be stealing from who? 
yourself, right? I mean, that's kind of silly. Why would you steal from a family business? But if we understand this and we really believe this, that God owns all things and he is my father, anytime I take what is not mine, it's almost as if I'm stealing from a family business. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, you might say, well, in these little things, like in these little things, like cheating on an exam or or, you know, taking some towels from a hotel over the weekend. I mean, that, that's like the little things, man. That, that's not really what this command is getting at. Let me show you a principle in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, amazing verse. And this is a great principle that will impact your life in so many ways. Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. You see, we always want the more, Right? Think about this, high school students and college students especially. Man, I wish you could get this. Do you know how you get the more? You're faithful with the few. You're faithful with the little, and God gives us more. That's the principle. And then look at the second part of this passage. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if I'm being dishonest in the little things, it's really pointing to the fact that most likely I'll be dishonest with the big things, right? And the tragedy of violating this commandment, whether we do it in a small way or a large way, is we never get ahead. We always get further behind. So let's come to close. I want to recap. I'm going to share one final thing, and then we're going to be done. 21st century thieves believe falsely. They believe, first of all, that God is blind. They believe what's mine is mine, and truthfully, what's yours is mine. We also are prone to believe that there's a way for me to get ahead at, at another's expense. It never works that way. And then lastly, we think this. A 21st century thief really believes this, that stealing is merely about taking. And that's not accurate because with this commandment, with the Eighth Commandment, we'll get more into the Ninth Commandment next week. So we think about the Eighth Commandment. It says, thou shalt not steal. That's the negative side of this commandment. But this commandment, like several others, also has a positive side to it that we don't talk about very much. And the positive side to this commandment, it's not merely that we're not to take. The positive side of this is we're supposed to be generous. People's lives who are characterized by generosity and by giving. Listen to what Tim Keller says about this. This is an amazing quote, by the way. He says, you have not stopped being a thief, biblically speaking, when you have stopped taking. You have stopped being a thief when you start giving. Wow, because think about this. We're all going to live as takers or givers, more or less, right? Look at Ephesians 4.28. What a great verse. I've been thinking about this verse so much this weekend. Anyone who has been stealing, and to be honest, that's all of us, right? We've all stolen, you guys are giving me an angry look. I have. I've stolen relationally. I've stolen professionally. I've stolen spiritually. Anyone who has been stealing, listen to what Paul says, must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Again, thinking about this principle of work, we don't just work so we can provide for our families. Do you understand that? Or provide for our own entertainment. One of the things, one of the reasons that we work is so we can have something to share with other people. That's one of the things that brings so much purpose about work, but we don't talk about that very much. So the opposite of stealing is generosity. And our attitudes regarding our stuff sort of cheesy to say, but we'll be Velcro or Teflon. 
Thursday afternoon, um, we had a little lunch here. It was a super cool thing. It was a ministry in town that we support that takes uh, special needs adults, and they are opening up a coffee shop and a little restaurant here in town. So they came by to try out some of their menu. It was a couple of grilled cheese sandwiches, and so there's a chance to come down and eat some grilled cheese sandwiches, which I'm in. They said gourmet grilled cheese, and I'm like, yeah, because grilled cheese is good, but I'm gourmet, I'm down, I'm there. So Amy and I were going to lunch, and my youngest son was coming to lunch too. <laughs> True story. Um, and so it was like, where are you guys going to go? And I said, why don't you all just come pick me up? We'll just eat here. There's a ministry that's providing lunch here today, so we'll just come and eat here. So they're like, okay, cool. Uh, so we, we sat down and ate, and there were some grilled cheese sandwiches. It was good, and some coffee and some chips, and we ate. And, and um, one of the guys got up and said, hey, at, at the end, if, you don't have to do this, but if you want to, just, uh, you can just put a tip. Just put a tip in the, the jar on the way out to kind of... To, to pay these folks who provided your lunch. So in my mind, because I'm like super pragmatic and cheap, I'm thinking, okay, grilled cheese and coffee, three five, that's five, probably five bucks on that. Felt good about it, right? I mean, it's five bucks for grilled cheese, just tip. So I got the cash, I put that in the, in the little jar there, and I walked back to the table, and Amy said, what'd you do? How much did you put in there? And I said, five for mine, put five in for yours. And uh, she said, are you serious? That's always a trap question, isn't it, when your wife says that? It's a terrible question. Are you serious? No, no. That was a joke. Total joke. Just kidding. Got you. She, she just takes out her wallet, and she gets her checkbook, and she's writing. And I'm like, man, we just spent more for those grilled cheese if we'd have gone to Ruth Chris. And I'm like, it's, it's fine. It's, but, you know, that's just... It's just a generous heart. It's just a reminder. That's what we're called to do. And we're not just victorious over this command, not still when we quit taking, but when we learn to be, to be generous with all things. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Isn't that cool? Don't you wish we could get that? Don't you wish we really believe that? It's true. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. It's a great, great quote from Robert Murray McShane. He said, the more you understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you, the more generous you become. That's really true, isn't it? The more I understand who Jesus is and what he's done for me, the more generous I become because here it is. Here's a sermon in the sentence. We will spend our whole life as takers until Jesus becomes our treasure. And when Jesus becomes our treasure, then we know that he is our provision so I don't have to take. He is my satisfaction so I don't have to keep grabbing. For what's not mine. Can I ask you this question? Do you want to be free? My guess is the answer is yes. Here's a couple places that we might start asking yourself maybe these questions. Lord, have, have I been stealing relationally? Professionally? Academically? Or spiritually? For others today, you might be sitting here in this place and just feeling a lot of kind of weight 
because this has kind of brought some conviction into your life. I want to I want to share something that's so fascinating and so exciting. It's found at the very end of the gospel account in Matthew's gospel account. Matthew's painting a picture of the crucifixion of Jesus and watch something that we might have missed. Maybe not. Matthew 27, verse 38 in the old King James. It says, then there were two. Then were two. I'm waiting. Thieves crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. Isn't that interesting? As our Savior is being crucified on the cross, he is surrounded to the right and to the left by thieves. Thieves like me. But yeah, never guilty of a carjacking or a home invasion or tax fraud. But I've done my share of stealing relationally. I've even done my share of stealing professionally. And I have certainly done my share of stealing spiritually. But I am so overwhelmed that King Jesus died between thieves and for thieves so that we might be set free and so that he might become our treasure above all things. And I don't have to take anymore because he will provide. Father, let that seep into every facet of our life from upcoming midterm exams to the way we fill out our taxes or the way we go about our work tomorrow, the way we speak to people, treat people. And Lord, help us to see the positive side of this command. It's not just when I I take, but you've called me to give and to be generous. Generous with my time. Generous with the gifts that you've given me and my resources. Teach us that today so that we can be freer than we've ever been. In your name and your renown, could look clearer than it's ever looked before. In Christ's name.